Hi, welcome to the Ishara's Reading Podcast, and I'm Ishara. Today we are reading Charlotte's Web, Chapter 10, An Explosion. I just went really dramatic on that part because I really thought it needed it. My next competition is this week. Please send all your well wishes and prayers. Thank you to all the people who support me, my family, and friends. Also, help me say happy birthday to some special people in my life. My Auntie Sarah and Uncle OJ, because their birthday is today, September 28th. Help me say happy birthday. Three, two, one. Happy birthday, Uncle OJ and Auntie Sarah. Woohoo! How amazing is that? I can't believe their birthday is today. I love my Uncle OJ and Auntie Sarah. They're the best. Let's get into the book. Hopefully not like this morning when I was reading it earlier I get sucked in. Or explode out, as in explosion. Mission Impossible, get it? Chapter 10. An explosion. Day after day, the spider waited, head down, for an idea to come to her. Hour by hour, she sat motionless, deep in thought. Having promised Wilbur that she would save his life, she was determined to keep her promise. Charlotte was naturally patient. She knew from experience that if she waited long enough, fly would come to her web, she felt sure that if she fought long enough Wilbur's problem, an idea would come to her mind. Finally! One morning toward the middle of July, the idea came. Why, how? Perfectly simple. She said to herself, the way to save Wilbur's life is to play a trick on Mr. Zuckerman. If I can fool a bug, but Charlotte, I can surely fool a man. People are not as smart as bugs. Wilbur walked into his yard. At that moment, what are you thinking about, Charlotte? He asked. I was just thinking, said the spider, that people are very gullible. What does gullible mean? Easy to fool, said Charlotte. That's a mercy, replied Wilbur. And he lay down in the shade of his fence and went fast asleep. The spider, however, stayed wide awake, gazing affectionately at him and making plans for his future. Summer was half gone. She knew she didn't have much time. That morning, just as Wilbur fell asleep, Avery Arable wandered into the Zuckerman's front yard. Followed by Fern, Avery carried a live frog in his hand. Oh my coconut. Oh my slimy beads. Fern had a crown of daisies in her hair. The children ran for the kitchen. Just in time for a piece of blueberry pie said Mrs. Zuckerman. Look at my frog, said Avery, placing the frog on the drain board and holding out his hand for pie. Take 
that thing out of here, said Mrs. Zuckerman. He's hot, said Fern. He's almost dead, fat frog. He's not, said Avery. He lets me scratch him between the eyes. The frog jumped and landed in Mr. Zuckerman's dishpan full of soapy water. You're getting your pie on you, said Fern. Can I look for eggs in the hen house, Aunt Edith? Run outdoors, both of you, and don't bother the hens. It's getting all over everything, shouted Fern. His pie is all over his front. Come on, frog, cried Avery. He scooped up his frog. The frog kicked, splashing soapy water onto the blueberry pie. Another crisis groaned Fern. Let's swing in the swing, said Avery. Let's swing in the swing, said Avery. The children ran to the barns. Mr. Zuckerman had the best swing in the county. It was a single long piece of heavy rope tied to a beam over the north doorway. At the end of the rope was a fat knot to sit on. It was arranged so you, you could swing without being pushed. That actually sounds really fun. So you could even use yourself. It's probably momentum. You climbed a ladder to the hayloft. Then holding the rope, you stood at the edge and looked down. You were scared and dizzy. Then you saddled the knot so that it attached at a seat. Then you got up all your nerve, took a deep breath, and jumped. For a second, you'd scream to be falling to the barn floor far below. But then, suddenly, the rope would begin to catch you. And you'd sail through the barn door going a mile a minute with the wind whistling in your eyes and ears and hair. Then you would zoom upward towards the sky and look up at the clouds. And the rope would twist and turn you, drop down, down, down out of the sky and come sailing back into the barn, almost into the hayloft, then the sail out again. Not quite so far this time, then again, not quite so high, then out again, then in again, then out again, then in again, and you jump off and fall down and let somebody else try. Muffers for miles around worried about the Zuckerman's swing. They feared some child would fall off, but no child ever did. Children almost always hang on onto things tighter than their parents think. They will. Avery put the frog in his pocket and climbed to the hayloft. The last time I swang in the swing, I almost crashed into a barn swallow, he yelled. Take that frog out, ordered Fern. I actually kind of agree with Fern. Avery saddled the rope and jumped on. He sailed out through the door, frog and all, 
into the sky. Frog. Then he sailed back into the pond. Your tongue is purple, screamed Fern. So is yours. Their tongue's probably purple because of the pie. So is yours, cried Avery, sailing out again with the frog. I have hay inside my dress. It itches, called Fern. Scratch it, yelled Avery. He sailed back. It's my turn, said Fern. Jump off. Fern got the itch. Sang Avery. Fern's got the itch. Fern's got the itch. Fern's got the itch. When he jumped off, he threw the swing up to his sister. She shut her eyes tight and jumped. She felt the dizzy drop. When the supporting lift of the swing, she opened her eyes and was looking into the blue sky. And was about to fly back through the door. They took turns for an hour. When the children grew tired of swinging, they went down towards the pasture and picked wild raspberries and ate them. Their tongue turned from a purple to red. Fern bit into a raspberry that had a bad tasting bug inside it, and got discouraged.、Yeah. Yikes! That's gross. Avery found an empty candy box and put his frog inside it. The frog seemed tired after his morning in the swing. The children walked slowly up toward the barn. They too were tired and hardly had energy enough to walk. Let's build a treehouse, suggested Avery. I want to live in a tree with my frog. I'm going to visit Wilbur. Fern announced. They climbed the fence into the lane and walked lazily towards the pig pen. Wilbur heard them coming and got up. Avery noticed the spider web and was coming closer. He saw Charlotte. Uh oh! Hey, look at that big spider! He said. It's it's tremendous. Leave it alone," commanded Fern. "You've got a frog, isn't that enough? Lots of fine spider. I'm gonna capture it," said Avery. He took the cover off the candy box, then he picked up a stick. "I'm gonna knock that old spider into the box," he said. Wilbur's heart almost stopped when he saw. What was going on? This might be the end of Charlotte if the boy succeeded in catching her. Stop it, Avery! cried Fern. Avery put one leg over the fence of the pig pen. He was just about to raise his stick and hit Charlotte when he lost his balance, which I'm glad about. He swayed and toppled and landed on the edge of Wilbur's trough. The trough tipped up, and when it came down with a slap, the goose egg that was right underneath, there was a dull explosion as the egg broke, and then a horrible smell. Fern screamed. Avery jumped to his feet. The air was filled with the terrible gas. The smells from a rotten egg. Templeton. Had been resting in his home, scuttled away into the barn. Good 
screen gaming tonight. What a stink! Let's get out of here. Fern was crying. She held her nose and ran towards the house. Avery ran after her, holding his nose. Charlotte felt gratefully relieved to see him go. It had a narrow escape. Later on that morning, the animals came up from the pasture. The sheep and lambs, the gander, the goose, and the seven gooselings. There were many complaints about the awful smell. Said Wilbur. He had to tell the story over and over again of how the arable boy had tried to capture Charlotte and how the smell. Of a broken egg drove him away just in time. It was that run goose head that saved Charlotte's life," said Wilbur. The goose was proud of her share in the adventure. Cause remember how earlier in the chapters she gave the run egg to Templeton the rat. I'm really glad that it saved Charlotte's life. I'm delighted that. The egg never hatched. She gabbled. Templeton, of course, was miserable over the loss of his beloved egg, but he couldn't resist boasting. It pays off to save things, he said in a surly voice. A rat never knows when something is going to come in handy. I never throw things away. Well, said one of the lambs. The whole business is all well and good for Charlotte, but what about the rest of us? The smell is unbearable. Who wants to live in a barn that is perfumed with rotten eggs? Don't worry, you'll get used to it," said Templeton. He sat up and pushed whiskily at his long whiskers, then crept away to pay a visit to the dump. When Lurvie showed up at lunchtime carrying a pail of food for Wilbur, he stopped a few places from the pig pen. He sniffed the air and made a face. "What in thunder!" he said, setting the pail down. He picked up the stick that Avery had dropped and pried the trough. Rats," he said. "Phew, phew! I might unknown a rat would make a nest under this trough. I don't like a rat." And Lovely dragged Wilbur's trough across the yard and kicked some dirt into the rat's nest, burying the broken egg and all of Templeton's other possessions. When he picked up the pail, Wilbur stood in the trough, drooling with hunger. Lovely poured the slops. The slops ran creamily down around the pig's eyes and ears. Wilbur grunted. He gulped and sucked and sucked and gulped, making whooshing noises, anxious to get everything at once. It was a delicious meal: skim milk, wheat middings, leftover pancakes, a half a donut, and rind of a summer squash, 
two pieces of stale toast and a third of ginger snap, a fish tail, one orange peel, several noodles from a noodle soup, the scum off a cup of cocoa, an ancient jelly roll, a strip of paper, wait, a strip of paper from the lining of the garbage pail, and a spoonful of raspberry jello. Wilbur ate heartfully. He planned to leave a half a noodle and a few drops of milk for Templeton. When he remembered that the rat was, had been useful in saving Charlotte's life, that Charlotte was trying to save his life. So he left a whole noodle instead of a half. Now that the broken egg was buried, the air cleared and the barn smelled good again. The afternoon passed and evening came. Shadows lengthened. The cool and kindly breath of the evening entered through the doors and windows. Charlotte sat moodily, eating a horse fly and thinking about the future. After a while, she best tired herself. She descended to the center of the web, and there she began to cut some of her lines. She worked slowly but steadily. While the other creatures drowsed, none of the other not even Goose noticed that she was at work. Deep in his soft bed, Wilbur snoozed over in their favorite corner, the goosling's whistling a night song. Charlotte tore quite a section out of her web, leaving an open space in the middle. She started weaving something to take place of the thread. She had removed when Templeton got back from the dump around midnight. The spider was still at work. Chapter 10 complete. Whoa. That was really close for Charlotte. I was afraid. I was really afraid for her because Avery was about to capture her. Why would Avery do that? What happened to Avery's frog? Who knows? Who knows? So many characters in danger and almost dying. Remember in Charlotte's Web? Remember the frog almost died because he was so hot. And Avery denied it. That frog probably was hot. Let's try to not be so like Avery when it comes to animals. Because let's take care of our animal friends. Because a lot of animals are endangered or they're levels are going down a lot of things are happening so we really have to take care of nature and our friends speak up about this problem please and tell no more harming of ecosystems and environments please animals need our help no problem and world is too big and no people are too small no matter what age you are who everyone who's listening this no matter what age you are please speak up against what is happening in this world right now please
save our Earth. Earth's our only home right now, so let's take care of it and not make it uninhabitable. Please. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Shara's Reading Podcast. Don't forget to like, review, and smash that subscribe button. Please speak up. Bye-bye.